it's the standing still that'll kill you. I can't tell you how many times I heard that as a child growing up in a three-generation Chicago firefighting family. It was usually an uncle or a grandfather or, an un or my own father sitting uh, on the patio with an old style in hand listening to a Cubs game on WGN radio. Yeah, it's the standing still that'll kill you when you're in a smoke-filled corridor, your compressed air tank almost out of air, your face mask compromised, and you don't know which way to go. Standing still is the one thing that will get you killed. However, on April 21st, 2012, at 10 minutes to three, Although I was their student, it was the one thing, the only thing I was able to do. Stand still, petrified. Looking at the open wrought iron gate with a stone wall to its right, about 700 years old, with the number 13 written upon it. 13 made sense. You see, bad luck, the devil really, was up through that open gate, up about a seven-step rise and a 40-foot ramp, and behind a walnut door big enough for two giants to step through. To be more accurate, the address was Numero Tradici, La Via San Paolo della Croce, in central Rome. Now, if you were raised Catholic like I was and attended Immaculate Conception Parish on the northwest side of Chicago, you would have no doubt that San Paolo della Croce was a reference to Saint Paul of the Cross, the founder of the Passionist Order of Priests who ran my home parish. Why 10 years? I had asked the receptionist earlier that morning. You see, I told her my name, Abigail Sheehan. I was visiting from Scranton, Pennsylvania, raised by the Passionist. They were our priests in our parish, and I wanted more than anything to have a tour of San Paolo della Croce's gravesite. We have an American priest here who can help you. He's been here 10 years. That Walnut door, big enough for two giants to step inside, that wasn't the only door he was behind. I was 13. My brother was 12. Where's Tim? I had called somewhat frantically to my father. I'm not certain why. He and my mother were down in the newly refinished basement uh, watching Barney Miller. Where's Tim, I called up, drowned by the soundtrack, the laugh track. Where's Tim a third time, finally an answer, he's in his bedroom. Father John is counseling him. Now, if you're a child of the 70s, as I was, you didn't have the words to know or to say what was wrong. But when you looked at that closed oak door in front of you, your brother's bedroom, you knew with all your heart something inside that room was wrong. 
It was the reason every icy cowboy football player had told their, for, their, their football mate never to be alone with that priest. My brother, unfortunately, was on the baseball team. Did I become a lawyer because of what happened behind that closed door? No, I began that because I learned that you could actually be paid to argue. That's my only joke. That's my only joke, people. Okay. Uh, but when my brother called in 2002, 22 years later, finally able to link cause to effect of his disheveled life and ask for help, I could give a little. I could try to explain while criminal statutes of limitations had lapsed and no longer allowed prosecution of child rape. And I could try to help him get through a civil settlement agreement with the Archdiocese of Chicago, St. Paul's Order of Religious Priests, and the devil himself. But when we got to that one clause in the settlement agreement that said, in exchange for compensation, in no way should this be considered an admission of liability. How do you explain that other than to say this? Tim, you made a difference. Because of you, five other boys, now men, came forward. Tim, because of you, that priest was removed from his parish in Louisville, Kentucky, and sent to Rome, where there are no children, my brother said. Of course we knew that wasn't true. But the day before my standing in front of the number 13 General Curia headquarters, it became viscerally true how the fact that children were present. Not two minutes from that General Curia headquarters, I sat on a park bench in Celio Montana at the Parco Giochi, the playground, watching a boy and a girl on a seesaw. The girl was high in the air. Buster, Buster, Buster Brown, what will you give me if I let you down? And a long ago girl answered, a horse? No, the brother said. How about this, a pony? No, a dog? No. Then what about this, Tim? An admission of wrongdoing. Go big or go home. It's the standing still that'll kill you. When the bell tower struck three times and the priest became ready for his American visitor, finally those three generation firefighting genes commanded themselves into action. My right leg moved forward before I knew what thought would get me to that door. And next I was through the open gate up the seven foot rise, the 40 foot ramp, until my hands pressed against that walnut door big enough for two giants to walk through. After 32 years, it was time for that door to open. Now our time is brief. I can't tell you whether the priest admitted his crimes, whether he had remorse, 
or whether he had the ability to feel remorse. But I can tell you this. Because of the hard work of my brother and four other men, he and they had loosened that door from its hinges and that building from its moorings long ago. For that reason alone, the door fell open lightly.